0: Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes, who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs, choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian, I'm on the phone with Ashman, and today we are discussing Killer Clowns from Outer Space from 1988. Directed by Stephen Kyoto, written by Stephen and Charles Kyoto, starring Grant Kramer, John Allen Nelson, Suzanne Snyder, and John Vernon. And in this movie, a local cop and some small town teens try to defend their town from killer clowns from outer space. If you're new to the show, we are going to discuss some background info on this movie for about the first 15 or 20 minutes, and we're going to keep that spoiler free. But after that, we're going to take a little fake break with a musical interlude and at that point we're headed into spoiler territory so once you hear that music that's a good time to duck out and go watch this movie before you listen to the rest um Ashwin had you ever seen this movie before no first watch for me how about you yeah first watch for me too it was kind of like on my list but uh ghostface Lover 96 from our discord server also urged us to cover it so so that provided some extra impetus for me to check it off the list
1: yeah the, the film has a pretty huge uh cult following right yeah it's definitely a cult classic yeah uh and um yeah i i heard about it i, I think it was put on my radar uh i, I went down to universal studios for halloween a, a year or two ago and they had something there but before that I, I don't know if i knew about it too much have you always known about this one
0: it was always vaguely on my radar. I think I probably remember the VHS cover from the video store back in the day. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the Kyoto Brothers are a trio of sibling special effects artists. Um, I don't know what Edward, if he did anything on this movie.
1: <laughs> yeah. I know, that's true, but like you only see like two of the names for most of the stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <coughs> yeah. Um, But they specialize in clay modeling, creature creation, stop motion, and animatronics. And they created the stuff of my childhood nightmares, the Large Marge Sequence from Pee-Wee's Playhouse. Oh, I didn't realize they were involved with that. that. That's crazy. The Large Marge Sequence? Yeah, do you remember that? No. He gets a ride with a truck driver named Marge and... She says as he gets out, tell him large Marge sent you and oh makes this wacky ass face. No.
1: That's crazy. Uh no, I don't remember that. That sounds very scary though, and disturbing. It
0: was scary. She's like a nightmare creature. Wow.
1: Okay. This was in Pee Wee's Adventure or something?
0: Yeah, yeah, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Okay. Okay, I'll have to find a clip of that. I may have said Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah, yeah. The, that's 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 creepy, man. Yeah. They also did the uh, North Pole, like, claymation-looking sequence from Elf, the beginning of Elf. Right, yeah, I saw that, right. And they worked on the Critters franchise, and they worked on the puppets in Team America World Police. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, they don't really have many, like, directorial uh, or writer credits to their name.
1: Yeah, it seems like this was the only film they kind of produced, wrote, and directed. Otherwise, it's just uh, that kind of special effects stuff, right?
0: Yeah, I think maybe they one or two of them dabbled in like a directing thing here or a writing thing there, but this is the only film they both wrote and directed. Okay,
1: got it. Yeah, <laughs> and Edward's just like the one brother who just came along or get, gets his name put on these things. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, the free writer.
0: <laughs> He's there doing something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. This had a budget of one point eight million, but I didn't find a box office number anywhere. Did you? No, I
1: was looking for that. Uh, yeah, because I'm wondering how big of a success it was. Uh, did that budget number seem
0: high to you? One point eight million. No, I mean considering all the stuff that they did, that that sounds about right. For for like 1988, like that, that feels like the
1: what like what we saw here was like two million dollars worth of effects and casting. Yeah,
0: I mean honestly, I wouldn't have been surprised if it had been higher. Oh, okay, okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, it's sci-fi, so you have, like, some special effects going on. I guess that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's visual effects, there's the special practical effects, and the puppets slash molds for the clowns. Right. And these guys, uh, for all the work they do on special effects, it sounds
1: like they didn't actually do too many of those for this film.
0: No, I have to wonder how much of a hand they might have had in it just kind of overseeing it and guiding Things, um, but yeah, mm-hmm. they weren't doing the actual work here, which makes sense if you're writing and directing. You kind of have some other responsibilities. Sure, sure. I guess I was trying to figure out where they got like the
1: 1.8 million uh, to produce this. That I like, who, who funded this idea and
0: like, were, were we able to find like any backstory on that? Oh gosh, I forgot to check who produced this. Um, I didn't see any like big names. I know MGM owns the rights now, but I'm not sure if they were involved with this movie at the outset or if they bought the rights at some point over the years
1: yeah 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 i, I, I don't know um yeah I, I think it was distributed by uh trans world entertainment but uh, i i thought there's like a crazy story behind like the concept and how they like went around and got uh the funding for it but i couldn't find it though
0: mm, gotcha
1: like you thought you had heard that or you just assumed there would be a crazy story i just assumed i mean like the, the concept is just so insane but i guess uh, <laughs> i guess you know what you're getting when you when you sign up for this film right yeah, you do.
0: I mean, just it's all there in the title.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it makes sense with the kind of like schlocky 80s horror affair that was coming out in the 80s.
1: Yeah, it kind of fit right in place. I, like, What else would you compare this to? Oh,
0: boy. From the 80s? I mean... Talking like gremlins or something? Yeah, like gremlins, critters. Um, mm. It really kind of reminded me of Tammy and the T-Rex, but that's 90s. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of that too. I I don't think you and I have covered a lot of
1: like schlock, uh, schlocky films on here, have we? We haven't, especially from the eighties. Yeah, yeah, right, right.
0: Yeah, um, man, that's kind of a gap for us.
1: It is, yeah, and that seems like one of the peak times for these types of films. Uh, they're just like, do you find a, do you find it hard to rate uh, these films like uh, versus like other films we watch? I mean,
0: it's a whole like different set of criteria, most right it is a little bit a different set of criteria so I was a little bit nervous about watching this movie but uh I think that I was able to judge it as a as a I do most movies I didn't really have to like adjust my approach or anything oh okay cool that's good to hear oh yeah I uh, guess we'll learn more about that as we get into the review yeah, wh- it's wh- got a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes man
1: I know yeah that's that's
0: pretty amazing uh what uh what year was Dead Alive? uh that was 1992 I want to say oh, okay. somewhere around
1: there okay also early 90s yeah I, I, I kind of saw a lot of similarities uh, with that type of genre as well
0: yeah it's kind of like an Evil Dead Evil Dead 2 reanimator type thing but sure. less uh, horror and more zany yeah yeah definitely more zany yeah did you recognize any of these actors
1: uh, only uh, well I recognized one and the other one uh, that was funny uh, John Vernon uh, it was great to see him you recognize that guy
0: I do, yeah, and he uh, his reveal is in our um, Ohio connection, so maybe we'll we'll dangle that out okay. there. Okay, but uh, I recognize Suzanne Snyder from Weird Science. Oh, I thought you were gonna say from Seinfeld. <laughs> oh yeah, oh that's in the Ohio connection too. Look at you. Oh man, <laughs> stepping all over Alex's feet. Yeah, damn, she's she's in Weird Science too. Yeah, yeah, she okay. was uh, maybe a bit of a like teenage crush for me because of Weird Science. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, she's yeah. also in Return of the Living Dead too. Right, yeah. I saw she had
1: that under her belt, too. Yeah, she's, uh, g- g- great to see her on screen. Um, did you recognize
0: anybody else? Um, John Allen Nelson looked familiar to me, who played Dave. Uh, he was in Baywatch. I think that's probably why.
1: <laughs> it comes out, Brian. <laughs> I was a big fan of Baywatch back in the
0: day. I wasn't. Uh, I watched a few episodes. Okay. Just to see Hasselhoff. Well... I feel like it was popular when I was a teenager and it had kind of a reputation for being like sexy you know yeah so I was like I gotta check this out but uh I was I was a little disappointed yeah (laughs) not (laughs) enough abs for you (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) one more abs yeah (laughs) I
1: hear you uh what's what's going on with the sequel on this one it seems seems like a, a a failure to launch
0: yeah, it, uh, it basically it sounds like the Kyoto Brothers have been trying to get a sequel done ever since this was released in 1988, from then on out. Um, and it seems like every couple of years there's news on it, like it seems like it's going to be closer to happening, and then that falls through, and then a couple years later there's some new news. Um, but the latest is MGM owns the rights... But it sounds like the Kyoto's are trying to talk to Netflix about the sequel. I don't oh. know if that means they would have Netflix buy the rights from MGM. Yeah. And I've seen mention of them wanting to do a sequel as like a TV show. Oh, okay. Maybe as a bit of a mini series. I was a little confused on that. And, you know, that was from a, a while back. So who knows what the, the goal is now? It seems to have been kicked around in a variety of different formats as a as proposed ideas like a feature length film a tv show yeah Uh, who knows what the the concept is at now but but they're still keeping hope alive
1: that's good that's good man i I find it very surprising that like in all these years there hasn't been some kind of follow-up just uh, because it has that cult following and like clowns are kind of in and or have been in and like the sci-fi angle comedy angle of it just seems like so ripe for like some follow-up and it's it's very suspicious that like nothing has happened You, you think just like maybe studio stuff going on and like it changing hands and ownership
0: yeah, I think there's so much complexity there. It's not always just as simple as, this is a good idea, and it could make money, so let's do it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. A lot of hands in that pot. Yeah. Um, dude, going back to that budget and you finding it hard to believe that it was $1.8 million, that popcorn gun alone cost 7000 to make, <laughs> and it took six weeks to build. I know, that's crazy. <laughs>
1: Uh, why, why do you think that was so expensive? Is it that hard to shoot popcorn? (laughs) (laughs) Without crushing the popcorn, man? Isn't it just like a a reverse
0: vacuum cleaner? Uh. (laughs) Like a leaf blower,
1: I think. (laughs) What is that?
0: (laughs) Right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But it also like looked awesome and zany.
1: Yeah, yeah, it did. I thought all the guns kind of looked like uh, Nerf guns or something from back in the day. Yeah, a little bit. But better than that, man. You yeah.
0: you're underselling the quality of these guns. I guess yeah, yeah, they were they're pretty zany looking. Um yeah, zany is going to be the word of the day. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's hilarious
1: though. That, that was the most expensive part of this film. <laughs>
0: uh also, another expensive item was that, that cotton candy webbing that they put in a car at one point. Mhm. It was a rental car, and it cost them three grand to repair the damage that the webbing did. Oh yeah! It like somehow damaged <laughs> the interior of the car. Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, they they had like two rental cars on on the set here, and like they, I think they like suffered damages for both of those, right? Yeah, that, that's that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> they drove one <laughs> off of a bridge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess these things add up to that budget
0: number. <laughs> there you go, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, there's not too much background info on this, though, man. I was really surprised. I thought there'd be, like, so much more. But, yeah, you're right. It, it's kind of thin. It is a little bit thin for how uh, it seems like this is such a cult classic. You think somebody would have spent, like, days typing up a Wikipedia page that was, like, right. hours long. Right, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I even found this article, like, the 10 things to know about this film. And uh, I, th- I think we are already, like, had all of them anyway. So, Yeah
0: cool cool well then should we move on to the Ohio connection let's do it alright so as always our Ohio connection is done by Alex from the jukebox bar and restaurant in Cleveland Ohio uh, I need to check with him they might be open on their back patio yeah we'll um, good Yeah, so Alex connects every movie to our our home state of Ohio for us. And Alex says, Killer Clowns from Outer Space is a sci-fi horror comedy from the late 80s. It is remembered for its use of practical effects and a multitude of clown masks. The cast features familiar faces, including Suzanne Snyder as Debbie, who many will remember from her two appearances on Seinfeld, first as a neo-Nazi in The Limo, and second as Poppy's daughter and Jerry's girlfriend in The Pie. One other memorable face is that of actor John Vernon, who plays the role of Deputy Curtis Mooney. Vernon is known to most as Dean Wormer, the main antagonist in National Lampoon's Animal House, a legendary comedy from the late 70s written by Harold Ramis, Chris Miller, and Douglas Kenney. In the mid-50s, Douglas Kenney attended Gilmore Academy in Gates Mills, Ohio. Wow, nice. Look at that. Are you familiar with Gilmore Academy? No, no. Are you? I remember in like 7th or 8th grade, we got a new kid who was from Gilmore Academy, and he was so prim and proper, it was like awkward. Wow. Damn. What, what do you know which part of Ohio that's in? Gates Mills, but I don't know where exactly that is. Yeah, I've never even heard of that uh, town. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it seems like a, my impression was always that it was a pretty prestigious and expensive place.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it if, if the kids come in there, pretty prim and proper. Yeah. That's good uh hey what one last question for you uh clowns and uh, like clown films uh do you find clowns scary
0: oh this is a good a good topic to discuss i think so i'm not like abnormally scary but i'm sure i think they're perfect fodder for a horror movie how about you
1: yeah i agree i i like like how they can be like silly but like combine the the scariness with them and uh yeah i just like pennywise and uh uh, that guy, Art the Clown. Uh, you, you've, you've got some really great like, clown villains, right, in horror films? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Mostly those two, though. I mean, there aren't that many more, even though it seems so prevalent, right? There's, that's true. There's It. There's, I mean, there's Pennywise. There's Art the Clown. There's uh, that clown from season four of American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. People talk about the clown in Poltergeist, but that's not really that big of a part of that movie.
1: Right, yeah. That's just like one scene. Yep.
0: yeah you think there'd be more i know for like the the
1: buzz people make about it and the reputation clowns have uh as like yeah i was being in scary films It there aren't
0: like too many i guess which that's, that's a good point yeah i think there are a couple more i can't place or remember the names of but i mean it seems so much so prominent but there aren't that many yeah. other big names that i know of right right but and who then those people might be shouting at
1: us yeah, I mean, I, I know there's, like, at least 10 films out there, and, like, I, I, I haven't heard of most of them, but uh, then there was that whole thing a few years ago, right, where, like, clowns were randomly being spotted. I, I think that's, like, really scary, like, to see a random clown outside. That is terrifying,
0: yeah. I think most of those were just, like, people being weirdos or trying to promote, like, independent movies, but mm. there were a couple that that led to some violence. Yeah, yeah. If I saw a
1: clown, it would lead to some violence, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'd
0: like to see that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how, how are you supposed to react when you see a clown? And, in, in, in like, especially, like, just in the middle of the day or, like, in a random place? I don't know. I don't, that's kind of not, not a normal thing, right?
0: No, no. So you just, like, do a sprint and tackle?
1: I think so. <laughs> Doesn't that just seem natural? <laughs> if you see a clown, I think you're supposed to jump on it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Um,. Wait, you know, before we go, I also want to mention, in case you haven't heard us say it already, listeners, we do have some merchandise available. We've got a coaster set on from Amy May Pop Art. You can find that at Etsy.com by searching Amy May Pop Art. Uh, just search for the Horror Movie Club coaster set, and if you enter the code CLUB all caps when you go to check out, you will get. A discount on that and uh, it's got one coaster that's our logo and four coasters that are some of our favorite horror movie characters so go check that out I know a couple of you have bought those and I I think they look really awesome I have them as well and I love them yeah they are cool so go check that out and then Ashwin are you ready to uh, move forward and walk through the plot and start spoiling some stuff? Yeah let's do it okay let's do that but do you mind holding on one second I just had popcorn before we started recording and I've Got some stuck in my teeth. It's bothering me like a lot for some reason.
1: Yeah, that's the worst. All right. Okay. All right, I'll be right back. Sure. Okay,
0: man, I'm back. Hey, you got all the popcorn out? Yeah, I'm glad I did, cause it was like uh, turning into an alien clown larva. So, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> glad I nipped that one in the bud. Yeah, yeah, I know that would have been kind of weird having that coming out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a stuff. Uh, xenomorph situation. Yeah. <laughs> that was really creative to see what they can do with popcorn in this. <laughs> Dude that I, I mean I think we'll t- I'd like to talk more about that. There's a lot of creativity. This yeah. this movie is not short on creativity for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, you had to give them that for sure. Yeah. Um so the movie begins with the credits and a punk rock theme song made just for this movie by a band <laughs> called The Dickies. <laughs> Uh, with some silly lyrics about killer clowns from outer space yeah did you like that song i yeah i did because i was just like okay i know exactly what i'm getting
1: into yeah it really sets the stage (laughs) yeah i i feel like more movies should do that like have an opening song which has the uh, title of the film in it wouldn't
0: wouldn't that be a cool thing yeah i mean if it's aiming to be a campy movie a hundred percent no reason not to
1: yeah. You wouldn't have like liked to see on like Hereditary or Midsommar. <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> oh, and the Shining. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I like that. It's like shows like real commitment, like, well, we made a song specific for this movie. And here are the words
0: <laughs> And here are the words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so aside from the theme song, the movie begins with two young lovers at the quote top of the world, which is just that tropey place in movies and T V where people go to make out in their cars. Did your town have this growing up, Ashwin? It probably did, but no one
1: ever told me about it. <laughs> 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 <Did> <laughs> <yours>?
0: <laughs> oh you know, like people had some spots that they would go, but I don't remember like a spot where it was like that's where everybody goes.
1: Yeah. That seems to be a big thing in like the seventies, eighties movies was like this hangout spot. Yeah, and it kind of seems like it defeats the purpose to have a spot where everyone goes, right? Yeah. Don't you want your own spot? Right, and is that kind of weird? Like well, you're you're like all parked next to each other and doing it. It's it's kind of is is that kind of weird? It's a little awkward.
0: Yeah, yeah. Although when you're young and you like, it's hard to get away from your parents. It just it'll happen anywhere.
1: Yeah, I guess you go anywhere. There's right? just
0: people like making out next to each other at parties. Yeah, yeah, movie theaters and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. that makes sense. Anywhere you can get it. Yep. <laughs> um, so, our two of our main characters, Mike and Debbie, are here on a date, and they see some sort of crazy shooting star-type thing fly over their heads and crash near them in the woods. They go to check it out and discover a giant circus tent. They enter the tent and see this pretty ornate and wacky interior uh, that seems like part circus tent, part funhouse vibe, and they stumble upon a giant, a bunch of giant like punching bag looking things hanging there that are made out of cotton candy, which leads to one of my favorite quotes from the movie as they start to believe that maybe something's not right about all of this. <laughs> one of them says, "Nobody stores cotton candy like this." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> Did you didn't believe that for a second? Like that's how cotton candy stored. I mean, how many cotton candy storage facilities have they been in? I know, right? I don't think I could have like said that with that much confidence. <laughs> I said
0: that with, Like I maybe there are do. very few people in the world that could.
1: I know. I know. <laughs> Luckily, mm-hmm. wait, who who said that? Was that uh, uh, which character said that? I can't remember if it was Mike or Debbie. Oh, okay, okay. Seems like a Mike thing to say. Sure, sure. He would be the one that would pretend to
0: know about cotton candy. (laughs) Uh, And they go to... Actually, you know what? It might have been her because he was still like real casual about this and she was like, something's up. Yeah, yeah. She was kind of suspicious the whole time walking in there. Maybe she comes from a a cotton candy family. It's possible. It's possible. Heiress to a cotton candy fortune.
1: Yeah. (laughs) They forgot that part in Seinfeld. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, so I think Mike grows to like grab some of this cotton candy and they find a body inside and it's the body of this curious farmer that we saw in an earlier scene who went to check out this, this uh, comet or whatever it was. And he oh. seemed like an homage to a uh, Geordi Verrill from Creepshow. Did you get that vibe? Oh
1: yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Cause doesn't, he also, does he ever see like a spaceship or anything like fly over his house or they just start attacking him in the house, right? In Creepshow? Uh,
0: oh creep show i think he sees land
1: oh okay or at yeah. least he,
0: he goes and checks that out for sure
1: yeah yeah it did it definitely gave me the, uh, that vibes of that so that whole sequence with him
0: yeah felt I like know. it may have been an homage yeah
1: did the, the this scene where they're uh around these cotton candy things and their bodies in them did that feel like an homage to alien at all like the idea of like these eggs and like there's like fog on the ground uh, and stuff like that um maybe Oh, okay, I got, I got some vibes there. I heard it was inspired a lot by the Invisible Body Snatchers, though, so apparently that had some more vlogs with this
0: scene. Okay, gotcha. The invasion of the Body Snatchers, you mean? Yeah,
1: yeah. What did I say? The Invisible Body Snatchers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. In some ways, they were. Yep. Um, so, <clears throat> Mike and Debbie kind of freak out now, and they are seen by a couple of clowns in the circus tent who chase them out of the tent and they fire popcorn at them from these wacky popcorn guns and uh, one of them has a balloon animal dog that he puts on the ground and then it becomes like a sentient tracking dog (laughs) and they escape but they they get shot with this popcorn and it kind of sticks to their clothes and they seem to linger on the popcorn a bit um, as a bit of foreshadowing Right. it kind of like leaves a trail behind them as they're running too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of, as we were talking about the creativity in this movie and stuff, there's this screenwriting concept I've read about called, sometimes it's called the promise of the premise, or I've also heard it called premise delivery. And it basically just means simply delivering what the audience came for. Like, what was advertised to them based on the genre, the title of the movie, or the trailers for the movie. Like yeah. what might they be expecting going into this? And are you giving them that? Sure. So I think as you go through the movie, you really see how they succeed as cap like in capturing like checking all the boxes about killer clowns from outer space like killing yes like doing all these wacky clown tricks and stereotypes yes yeah is there some sci-fi spin to all their clown gadgetry because they're from outer space yes yeah i mean I, i definitely
1: didn't have some of those boxes on my list and i was surprised like you're right like they they really went all the way and like committed to that idea yeah so, yeah, amazing. without
0: like while still weaving it into a, a plot, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, um, that's a feat.
1: Yeah, hey, I think like we've seen like two or three of the clowns now. What did you think of like their um, like the clowns themselves? I think they simultaneously look bad and good. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, only the first part, I thought it looked pretty bad. Uh, when you say good, like, do you mean like, uh, like creepy good, or like, uh, like, like, like a real clown or something?
0: Like, silly, I mean, cause you have to, like, take a step back and be like, okay, these aren't supposed to be actual clowns, they're just aliens that look like clowns. Yeah. And it's supposed to be silly. So, in that sense, I think they look good, but... I had to get used to it. The first clown I saw, I thought looked bad. And some of them looked yeah. better than others. Yeah, some of them looked better. But they're not like uh, scary at all, though, right? No, not for the most part. Just like a little unsettling, maybe, or something? Unsettling, sure. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um,. But yeah, man, as we were talking about, that, that premise delivery, you've got dead bodies encased in cotton candy, guns that shoot popcorn, a balloon animal that actually turns into a like real animal. So yeah. they're checking some boxes here. That balloon animal was wild. That was wild. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um Debbie and Mike go to tell the police, and we get a bit of like tension or drama here because the police officer that they tell is Debbie's ex-boyfriend Dave. We've also got this other police officer named Mooney who's kind of this stingy curmudgeon who thinks this whole thing is a hoax and they're playing a trick on him and he stays at the station while Dave, Debbie, and Mike go around town trying to piece all this together and make sense of what's happening here. And in the midst of the quest of these three main characters, we start to see some of the happenings taking place around town. So we see clowns shooting people with these little ray guns that encase them in the cotton candy. We see a clown creating a shadow puppet show on the wall of a building as the townspeople are watching entranced by it, and then they get eaten by this giant T-Rex shadow puppet. Um... And I was, like, starting to think here, like, okay, we're going to see mostly, like, G-rated violence, but then we see a clown in a fist fight with a biker punch his head clean off. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, there's, maybe I'm crazy to think this scene was disturbing, but do you remember the scene where there's a clown outside of a pizza place who's, like, charming a little girl and trying to lure her outside?
1: Yeah, I thought that was a really creepy scene. It like, was,
0: he, he had, like, a hammer
1: behind his back and, like, he's yeah.
0: beckoning to her. Yeah, like a giant sledgehammer behind his back, and he's, like, doing the come here motion with his finger. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. That was, that was such Yeah, a good I was, like, g- genuinely disturbed. She yeah. was luckily saved by her parent at the last minute. Right. Thank God. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, with our three main characters, Dave and Mike decide it's best to drop Debbie back off at home. We see her in the shower, and her clothes are strewn about the bathroom, and I think we see the popcorn kind of wiggle its way out of her clothes. Mm-hmm. And she gets out of the shower And this popcorn has turned into these weird Baby worm type clowns And she gets attacked by them And then these other Like full grown clowns invade her house And they encase her in kind of a Giant beach ball looking thing And take her hostage Um, should I kind of liked this, like they waited a little while With this popcorn gag, like We saw the camera linger on it earlier So we had a feeling something Might be up with it um, and I feel like they kind of actually build a little bit of suspense here and we see a random guy at a, um, like burger joint gets sucked into a dumpster by this popcorn. So we know there's something up with it before we see the shower scene.
1: Yeah, that, that was like really smart uh, way to show it because uh, yeah, you're right. They're building up the tension around this popcorn the whole time, uh, so you know something's gonna happen. But it, it took a while for it to happen, and then uh, w- when it does happen, I, I thought those like looked pretty scary, like a popcorn like popping into like a clown on like a vertebrae or something.
0: Yeah, that yeah, was- it was kind of like a tiny clown head on a yeah disembodied vertebrae. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty gross. Or a spinal cord, rather. Yeah, right around right a spinal cord, right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I like that. that. Was a really smart build. Yeah, I think they somehow like made kernels of popped popcorn turn into alien clown larva and like made it work. Like yeah. they did a good job like holding our hands through that so you're like not you're like surprised but not so what? Like what the fuck was that?
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> it felt like uh, this is like what you were waiting for and it was, was kinda of believable. Yeah, it was a bit like bear
0: with us something weird is gonna happen with this popcorn.
1: Yeah, yeah right Um, I I thought she was in the movie for like or sorry she was in the in the shower for like so long Uh, like I I just feel like they they really dragged that out because like so much stuff's going on in the background like those guys have already checked out the clown stuff uh, and the cops have come back to town town's under attack and this whole time she's just been in the shower did did that did that uh, jump out to you it didn't how long of a shower do you usually take uh, personally, I mean like on a weekend uh, I guess I'm up to like uh 20 25 minutes so maybe oh, as a weekend. man look at you on those weekend showers. <laughs> you know I got a lot of time to kill on weekends
0: <laughs> how, how long do you take? Um yeah man it, it, my like sweet spot is like 10 or 12 minutes. I feel like I'm really doing it but uh yeah I can do it in five minutes if I have to.
1: Yeah yeah, same like yeah you if you got to do it, you gotta do it right yeah. out there. no
0: hair helps too. Oh sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just take a bar of soap and do that top to bottom, and I'm good.
1: Nice, man. That's efficient, man. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just felt like she was in there like forever while like all this other stuff was going on, and it like keep like crazy stuff be happening. There was like flash, her she's still in the shower, like still getting undressed or something. Uh, and then uh, yeah, I, but I but I guess maybe yeah, pro- probably just. Yeah, relaxing. I mean, it was
0: probably a weekend.
1: Probably a weekend night. Yeah. Boyfriend is out with the ex-boyfriend investigating some killer clowns. Good time to
0: decompress. (laughs) Um, Meanwhile, back at the station, we see this curmudgeon cop Mooney, and a clown walks into the station. He thinks it's a punk teenager playing a trick on him, and he puts the clown behind bars. And the clown blows this like party blower through the bars. I guess that's what you call those those little like things you put to your lips and blow in a little paper snake-type thing comes out. Yeah, that's the most uh, appropriate word I've heard for this. Yeah. So this party blower goes through the bars of the prison and, like, grabs Mooney's neck and slams his head into the bars. And so when Dave and Mike get back to the station, this is another scene that disturbed me more than I expected it to. Yeah. We see a clown sitting there at Mooney's desk with a dead Mooney on his lap as if a ventriloquist dummy. And the clown makes Mooney say in Mooney's own voice, "Don't worry, Dave. All we want to do is kill you." And then the clown pulls his hand out of Mooney's back and, like, wags his hand to shake off all the goop and blood that got on it when it was inside Mooney's body. Oh, is that why he shook his hand? <laughs> yeah, just, oh. and then there was like a splat. Yeah. as like all the goop and blood hit the floor.
1: Yeah, that that was like uh, surprisingly disturbing, right? Yeah, it kind
0: of was like an escalation. <laughs> it was like, yeah. all right, damn, get what clowns from outer space. I know, I know. So sometimes this film got pretty real. Yeah, I really liked that scene. How about you?
1: I did too. That was one of my uh, standouts too. That one and then the the little girl one that you mentioned earlier too. I, I thought those two were like pretty scary in a, in a film that like a lot of the stuff going on is just kind of wonky and
0: uh, like fun. Uh, was, yeah, those, those two were pretty shocking scenes. Agreed, man. Um, So in this sequence, Dave shoots at the clown and one of the shots hits the nose and this kills the clown and they learn how to kill them this way. Um, Dave and Mike then notice as they're roaming around town, they see the clowns carrying Debbie around in this bubble and they follow them to where they've moved their circus tent in a local amusement park type place and they enter the park in the circus tent and navigate a maze like kind of like the whole like fun house. All the elements of a fun house are there. They have to like navigate through this fun house to find Debbie. And they're accompanied by two of Mike's friends, the Terenzi brothers who were introduced earlier in the movie as kind of two zany comedic relief characters who've rented an ice cream truck to try to pick up chicks. Genius. Yeah. (laughs) Of course. As one does. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Mike and Dave succeed in getting Debbie out of this bubble, but the clowns are in hot pursuit, and they're suddenly surrounded, and a giant mega-clown emerges and attacks them all. Dave, the police officer, tries to distract the clown while Mike and Debbie escape. Mike and Debbie do get out of the tent, and as they watch outside, they see the tent start to levitate into the air and blast off with Dave still inside. We cut back to Dave battling with this mega-clown. The mega-clown has Dave in its clutches and is moving him towards his mouth and dave rips off his badge from his chest uses the sharp end of it to pop this clown's nose the clown and the ship explode with this little kind of shuttle popping out and landing on the ground and uh as mike and debbie look on the terenzis and dave both assume dead emerge from this little shuttle alive and well uh and that's that's how the movie ends and they, they were originally supposed to die, right? But then they
1: rewrote that because it had to be upbeat or something.
0: Yeah, it didn't test well with audiences, so they,
1: they let the Terenzis live. Yeah, and, and it, I, it's right. That would, that would have totally, I think, changed the tone of the movie those guys yeah. died.
0: Um, I couldn't help but wonder if the Kyoto brothers kind of wrote the Terenzis as themselves. Oh, yeah, because those two were brothers, right? And, uh, yeah, and they, of going you know, to- they're into clay figures and creatures. And- yeah. That in itself is a bit zany to some.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. That
0: makes sense. Uh, Did you notice that once the bad shit actually starts happening in this movie that Debbie starts to kind of like cling to her ex-boyfriend Dave (laughs) instead of Mike? (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Like in the last scene, Mike like kisses her head and smells her hair yeah <laughs> and yeah the other guy her actual boyfriend mike is just like standing by cheering
1: yeah i know that's kind of like a weird uh like and like don't don't they all three like kind of hug at the end
0: yeah 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 i couldn't help but be like okay like debbie and dave are like having moments and mike's just kind of like yeah
1: yeah we're all doing it aren't we guys <laughs> we did it <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I know, <laughs> I think Dave's definitely worked himself back into that relationship. Yeah, he really has. Yeah, that's an interesting dynamic, which yeah. I, which, is why I thought he was going to die, because I mean, that that was kind of a weird, like, trio, like, you have the ex-boyfriend here who's trying to, like, you know, win back the, the girl's heart, but uh, having him die, I thought would have made sense, because then you're not left with that mess at the end. Yeah,
0: exactly. But... Yeah, there's a deleted scene of a threesome, 25-minute shower, but that didn't test well with audiences either.
1: I think so. Back to the shower.
0: For <laughs> but then in that scene, it's really kind of Debbie and Dave and Mike is on his own again. <laughs> He's
1: on the other end of the tub. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, what did you think of this movie, man?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a lot of fun Uh, I mean, I'm obviously, like, not very scary But, um, I was surprised to see Those, like, few scenes where, like, they did, like, ramp It up, um, it wasn't crazy about, like The clown effects or, like, the voice that the clowns Would do, but I, I, I get, like, maybe The clowns aren't supposed to be that scary and are, are just more Kind of goofy and there to provide Context to, like, the mayhem that's, like, going on in the Town, and, uh, I actually really liked the characters, surprisingly, I, I thought they were all, like Pretty believable and their dialogue was great And I loved, like, the, the dynamics Between Mike and, uh, the, Dave and then, um, Dave and like the other uh sheriff and stuff, so th- there were some interesting uh friction points and like characters kind of getting along with each other and that kind of thing, which made it interesting. Um, so yeah, o- overall it was fun with like some uh surprisingly good uh, scares here and there. But w- what did you think?
0: I feel the same way, man. I really wasn't expecting anything scary about this movie, so I was pleasantly surprised when they there were two scenes that kind of got to me, yeah. yeah. Um, and then yeah like I said what anything I was expecting from this movie was delivered in spades like <laughs> I don't think they ever killed anybody maybe they did but it felt like they never killed someone the same way twice mm-hmm. and it was always some wacky clown shit like that was how they did it there was no yeah. shortage of clown gags um, yeah. and kind of new creative ways to make a typical clown item kill somebody with some kind of a sci-fi spin to it For sure, like,
1: things you'd never think of. Like, somehow these guys just, like, uh, were able to hammer it all in for... for, uh, Like, yeah, somehow. It's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, they packed it all in, and it didn't feel forced, because, like, the bones of the movie were still kind of like an action-adventure plot, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And once things got moving, like, I was a little... um, It took a while. It took me a while to get into the movie, I guess, but a while being probably only, like, 15, 20 minutes, and then once things... Started really happening. The action just kind of kept moving, and I was into it the whole time.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like really well paced. It's a pretty short film too, right? It's only like an yeah, hour. Yeah,
0: yeah. Seven. I think. It's like, yeah. I think it was probably what an hour and a half ish uh, on the nose. Yeah, maybe a little bit less. But yeah, I think it was, it was even a little bit less. Yeah.
1: Yep. You, did did oh. you uh, have any issue with it? Like, I think it would have been really easy for them to to make it scarier. Like, have the clown effects look scarier, or like even go more like the slasher vibe, where like uh, more kills that are like maybe more drawn out and more suspenseful. Uh, did you mind like not seeing any of that?
0: Yeah, I was okay with that. And actually, on this topic of premise delivery. It was originally going to be titled Killer Clowns, but they changed it to Killer Clowns from Outer Space so that people wouldn't expect a slasher.
1: Yeah, but you don't think it, it being a slasher might have strengthened like the horror aspects of it?
0: It would have, but that's just not the movie it was, man. It was a zany, <laughs> clown-gadget-filled romp.
1: Yeah, 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 you're right. It kind of like picked its tone and stuck with it.
0: Um, yeah, it really did. It, um... And, you know, it dipped into those creepy tones a couple of times, which I thought was a, a nice way to do it without, like, being confused about what it was. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Suppose, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I suppose you could have had a couple of suspenseful kills, like, you know, like the shower mm-hmm. scene. They probably could have done something else with, like, teens at home who, who get killed. And there were scenes like that, but, but they were played for more for comedic effect
1: yeah yeah
0: they hit the comedy angle pretty
1: hard and yeah i think you're right i think they were more about like being creative with their kills and like uh uh, doing the clown uh theme sticking with that uh did you what did you think of like that final
0: monster uh i thought that was kind of a fun way to end things like it looked okay um Mm -hmm. but it was it was a nice way to go bigger and and make the climax feel like a climax how about you uh, yeah, yeah, it's cool. I mean, like, yeah, that's, that's a, a good way to climax is just having,
1: uh, the biggest, uh, one come at the end. Yeah. Uh, did, uh, did that remind you of like, uh, Dead Alive at all? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. They, they kind of have like that, that the super version come at the end or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good,
0: a good, uh, analogy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that last clown was like even played by one of the brothers who uh,
0: were involved, right? Yeah. In the, yeah. The, I think that was Charles in a suit. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I thought that one looked pretty cool It did, yeah, and then they, they built like a whole miniature set
1: Yeah, yeah, right those, those Miniature
0: effects. ice cream truck and everything
1: Yeah, yeah, I, th- I thought that worked pretty well Yeah
0: And there was a weird little like side note too Where the Terenzi brothers hook up with these female clown aliens Oh yeah, what was that? I didn't understand that <laughs> They like wake up in a ball pit
1: and, and there's uh, those like female clowns around them
0: yeah, as they're all like weaving their way through the funhouse, they fall through a trapdoor into a ball pit, and there are two lady clowns with, in infl- like boobs that are inflating, actively inflating. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. And, and they then, were earlier promised that if they came along, they'd meet Debbie's roommates. So they're like, "You must be Debbie's roommates." <laughs> and then the next time you see them, they've got like the red lipstick all over them. Yeah, so, yeah. That reminded one- me of uh, Gremlins too
1: yeah same same that's like uh, where I remember that effect
0: from Yeah, that's funny cool um, yeah I'm trying to think what else I wanted to say about this movie you liked you liked the characters I thought they were fine I wasn't like enthralled with them but with a schlocky movie like this I was just pleased that there were clea- clear main characters yeah. with a clear goal
1: yeah, and like they were different enough, uh, where they each they each kind of had like their personality.
0: Yeah, and there is not one of these movies where there's like, like if it was an 80s slasher, there'd be like ten characters, and you wouldn't be able to keep yeah. track. There's, there's really three characters, four if you include Mooney, uh, six if you include the Trenzy brothers, who are kind of just one character. Right. So, I thought yeah. that was all really well, uh, well planned out as far as the characters go. I agree. I thought they were like better than they needed to be.
1: Like it was surprising to see uh, like how, how uh, yeah they, they each kind of had their own
0: personalities, which was great. Yeah, and we've talked about the clowniness in terms of their gadgets and the kills, but I also really liked the production design, like what the interior of the spaceship looks like. Yeah, yeah, and all the funhouse type settings. Uh, that was great and just kind of intriguing to me. It maybe. Feel like I was a little kid watching this in the eighties. Oh, uh, sure. Like, I'm tempted to call it world building, but uh, you really kind of got the feel for this this the, spaceship yeah. as a setting.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, with like all these cotton candy like uh, th- things all around, and like ball machines, and like these doors that kind of slide open on one end and on the other. Yep, doors. They were like yeah, like
0: opening a door that just leads to more tinier doors. And- yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I I also liked the the cotton candy effects a lot too, like how they would pull it back and there'd be like a bloody person inside, like uh the idea the idea of like mixing cotton candy and blood. Uh, I don't think I I realized that it was like a could could be like a pretty
0: uh, disturbing image. Yeah, sure. And I didn't mention it, but they are uh, using these bodies as sustenance. They essentially we assume that they came to this planet just to drink human blood and, and use humans as sustenance before moving on. So we, we see a clown <laughs> sticking a crazy straw into the cotton candy and slurping blood out of it.
1: Yeah, down to the crazy straw. Like, every detail of this film was, like, so about clowns. It's, it's, it's impressive. Exactly, man, yeah.
0: It, yeah, this uh, concept of, uh, like, premise delivery or promise of the premise first, like, came to my awareness. I was listening. I wish I could remember the name of the podcast. I think it was called... Like Thundergrunt. And one of the hosts was named Jimmy George. Uh, and he's like, he posts about screenwriting on, on Twitter. And I think he's like a kind of a script consultant that you can play, pay to check out your screenplay. And he'll send you back notes and improvements and stuff like that. Cool. Yeah. But anyway, there was an episode where they were dissecting the screenplay for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like the original live action movie. Mm hmm. Uh, and he just kept talking about every moment in the film where they delivered on the premise that these are turtles, they're teenagers, and they're mutants. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> so, yeah, you, uh, you got three out of the four, I guess? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just do the ninja Oh, oh yeah, and ninjas. Uh, so yeah, So, like, yeah. you know, just something as, like, simple as, like, slicing up a pizza in the air with a sword. Like... Yeah. It seems like nothing, but that's what the butts in the seats want to see when they come to see a movie called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and it was just interesting to see him go through that, and he made it sound so much more intelligent. I just find it's always interesting when somebody puts words to like something that's so common sense that you don't really even think about it that much. Right. Like, of course, Leonardo's dicing up a pizza yeah. in the air with his sword, but... If right. you had gone to see a movie called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and stuff like that didn't happen, you might have been disappointed and not really even known how to articulate why. Sure. Right, right. Yeah. Like, uh, like, yeah, it's not like one of those
1: things, uh, I guess, you could easily visualize, but it, when you see it, it, like, it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That it's, it yeah. kind of fills the picture out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Another yeah. movie I saw brought up in that discussion on, like, Promise of the Premise was Liar, Liar. Like, it's a guy who can... Who always has to tell the truth so yeah like, how are you going to deliver on that like of course he's a lawyer sure of course there's a scene where he sleeps with somebody and it wasn't really that great and she <laughs> asks how it was like <laughs> just so, all the boxes you can check on that kind of stuff is just gonna yeah be enjoyable drive. for the viewer right right drive it home is that where he says i've had better or something <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> i've I had, had that better. Yeah, <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a long time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, you, you're so right. Like they, uh, every every aspect of this film, they really uh, stuck to the premise and uh, they they really committed, which I, I was
0: surprised. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, well, let's see, zero to five actively inflating clown boobs. What do you give this movie? <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so, uh, and it, you know, there, there's a part of me that kind of wishes uh, they did add on, like, a little bit more uh, horrifying things. Um, but I, I did like those two or three scenes that were creepy. But uh, I, I think at the end of the day, maybe three and a half uh, inflating
0: uh, clown boobs. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I give it uh, four actively inflating clown boobs. Nice. nice. Yeah, I was kind of three and a half or four, but... It's just a fun movie, man, and I would be happy to rewatch this any day of the week. Even yeah. if it was a weekend and I had to shower, I could pencil oh, this sure. in.
1: <laughs> You'd make time for this one. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it seems like a great one just to like rewatch.
1: Uh, it is. It's just like so good uh, throughout and just fun to see.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was not expecting much from this as well, so I was just pleasantly surprised in every way. Sure. Hello, bar. Yeah, so Ghostface Sydney Lover 96. Thanks for uh, urging us to check this one out. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we got around to it. It was a good time. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about this film before we wrap things up here? Uh, final thoughts on the voice of the clown? oh it was this like
1: weird robotic baby voice yeah <laughs> i couldn't tell what they were going
0: for there but just like tr- make them trying to make them sound cute or something yeah it was almost kind of cute like in the scene where he punches that motorcyclist's head off he he says put up your dukes In this oh. weird little baby voice yeah yeah um, did- i kind of thought it ended up working but i, I could have gone one way or the other what did you think yeah, I wasn't a huge
1: fan of the voice, and uh, it was just one of those other things where I thought they could have uh, done something to be a little more more scary. But I think you're right; like they're just trying to be as like circusy and and fun, and probably it
0: aligns with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, that's all I got.
0: Cool, cool. Well, that has been our discussion on Killer Clowns from Outer Space, everybody. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, we would love a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps other people find the show. It drives listenership, and it makes us happy. Um, you can also connect with us at HorrorMovieClub.com. There's a social links drop-down where you can find links to our Facebook and Twitter, which is where we announce what movie we're going to cover next week. There's also a link there for our Discord server where you can just jump on and chat with us and a bunch of other cool people who love movies and love horror movies. And there's always a good discussion going on that Discord server. Uh, It's a great place if you're one of the people like me and Ashwin. And kind of the reason we started this podcast is if you don't really have friends in person who you feel like you can talk about horror movies with, then just come join our Discord server. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon and gain access to some bonus content. Uh, you can do that at HorrorMovieClub.com and click on the orange button that says Patreon or go to Patreon.com slash HorrorMovieClub Our logo is done by Amy Mae Popart. You can check her out at Etsy.com by searching Amy Mae Popart. All one word. She's got so much other great stuff in her shop. I encourage you to check that out. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, until next time, maybe just don't ever enter a circus tent under any circumstances <laughs> yeah there's really no good reason to ever go to no, one of those no good things can happen even <laughs> if outer space is not involved yeah great
1: great